This is The Soul's Intent with author, psychologist, and spiritual teacher, Ernie Vecchio. The Soul's Intent is a show that boldly claims that it can help reveal where you are on the spiritual path. Learn how there is a physical place of love, truth, and freedom. Listen, and in an instant, learn that moving to such a place is actually a choice. This is The Soul's Intent, and now here's your host, Ernie Vecchio. should say first about that is is that that the natural state the resting state of the human ego is one of anxiety and and the reason that that is so is because it is it is constantly in an adaptive mode is it is it is defining itself and figuring out where it fits in the world so to speak and uh and so fear of fear itself is the source of that anxiety and uh, and but but in a in a graduated sense we don't we don't get that fear of fear itself until later, uh, which is which is the problem. So we so we have anxiety as a natural state in the human ego, but then what happens later on uh, once personality is formed and and I'm talking once it becomes a crystallized structure by the time we hit adolescence then. What occurs is, as we set out into the world to make our way, uh, we get kind of slapped back by the culture and society about the right and the wrong way to be, and 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 so in that experience of trying to define who we are and and where we are and where we're going, so to speak, um, we become angry, uh, and mm-hmm. so. So, so the source of so much anger in the culture in general is really tied to that. I mean, people are angry and they don't know why. Well, the answer to the why is that they are afraid of being afraid. Uh, it's almost what's what's that line? Um, sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, mm-hmm. You've heard that phrase before, mm-hmm. but that's a little mm-hmm. bit what this is like. That that we already have a natural state of anxiety as we're attempting to uh, cope and adapt to the world around us. And then on top of that, we have uh, more fears imposed upon us by the culture about what success mm-hmm. is, about what a good person is, about what an attractive person is, about all these different criteria that define who we are. Uh, and, and these used to be, I think, and maybe have always been rites of passage, but I think the rites of passage are now kind of blurry. You know, they used to be kind of clear cut what yeah. the rites of passage were as you entered adulthood and as you began your life. And so those rites of passage now are kind of blurry. And so, so, so the anger, which comes from fear of fear itself, is really just a defense mechanism. If I had a choice between being afraid or being angry, I'm going to be angry because at least I'm defended, you see. And, uh, and so for a lot of people, that's the source of their anger, and they don't really know that. Yeah. And if you really pin down, if you really pin down and say, "What are you afraid of?" Uh, and then, and you get into a discussion with them about what their fears may be, then you will see that that is the source of their anger and their frustration. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It makes total sense. And even you know, um, just understanding that the the ego. How did you put it? The egos. Um, Normal state, natural state is anxi- natural state is anxiety. Yeah, is that how you put it, Ernie? Yeah, yeah, yes. and yeah. So I mean, it's a wonder, and so it's like we're always um, almost like carrying this uh, ball and chain around with us, which for me would be that feeling of the ego's natural state of anxiety that feels terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a well, terrible see- feeling to have. Well, and you can see mm-hmm. how the collective ego would play would would uh, play on that. I mean, when you when you look at uh, a, a good a good place to look at that is look at advertising, look at all the subliminal kind of implications mm-hmm. that happens in advertising. Uh, they they usually use sex, uh, death, uh, and violence. These are the subliminal things, uh, and so so in essence, in 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 the advertising community, they use that natural state of anxiety is a is a selling point. In other words, if you buy this, you'll get relief. If you wear these right, clothes, exactly. you'll get that. Yeah. 
if you if you own this car, you'll get that girl. You know, I mean, so so in other words, each each it's so it it, it it like has in a subliminal sense, it'll quiet your anxiety if yeah. you do these things. And, so it's uh, a manipulation. I mean, at, it's a manipulation, and you could mm-hmm. include with that um, alcohol. That it's not so much um, through the public television anymore. Alcohol and cigarettes. That used to be one of the big ones of if you drink this, then you'll be like this and all your anxiety and everything like that just goes away magically with this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so the collective culture kind of plays on fear of fear itself, you see. And then, and then mm. when you have, then when you have real things to be afraid of, like we do today, like nuclear war and violence and, uh, terrorism and all these different kinds of things, then you can see what that would do to the ego, which is just trying to deal with its natural state of anxiety. Yeah. Um, people, people, that have, people that have anxiety disorders, in fact, I think that two of the most widely prescribed medications on the planet are antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicines. So that tells you that, that fear plus anger makes depression and fear plus guilt makes anxiety. Oh, uh, and goodness. so, and so, and so those two, those two things uh, are kind of what the advertising community uses to sell us stuff, you know, um, yeah. do I have the right retirement plan? Am I, do I have enough insurance? I mean, every single decision that we made is, uh, that we make really is kind of fear-based at some level. Yeah. That side that you're describing, you know, the anxiety and the anger equals depression and the medicating of that. And that's kind of like one side. And then there is another side that kind of looks better <laughs> externally, and that's the side of coping and fitting in. But that's still based on yeah. fear. Of course, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. yeah, and that's that's how you, that's how you get your different clicks and whatever. I mean, look at look at what we're doing now. In the world with just the, just the concept of prejudice, I mean, we we've mm-hmm. moved from black and white. We've we've moved from black and white, you know, Caucasian and Black Americans now to all of this immigration and all of these mm-hmm. different from all different walks of life. And so now, prejudice has come even blurry. And so now mm-hmm. now what 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 prejudice ends up becoming now is. Um, uh, most of the prejudice today, at least, is more about whoever is responsible for the terrorism in the world. But now, just recently, mm-hmm. we've found out, we found out that the face of the enemy is us. I mean, it could be anybody. That's I mean, this ISIS group is recruiting people from all walks of life and all different cultures and all different races and religions. So it, it's uh, and so so the face of the enemy's gotten blurry as well. You see. Yeah. yeah. And when you and, and when you and when you don't have when you don't have a defined reason for fear. If it isn't really clear why you're afraid, then that evolves into paranoia. And again, that you know, uh, being afraid of being afraid uh, happens uh, because we don't really have any way to reality test what we're afraid of. I mean, mm-hmm. fear fear happens in the body to protect us from any kind of impending threat. It's like a warning system of any kind of threat to, to the self, so to speak, and or to the body. If we don't know what to be afraid of, then we just stay in a constant state of hypervigilance, and that is exhausting to stay there. Well, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, I don't know that this is a true statement. It's just something that I, I sense is that after 9-11, it's kind of like um, we all developed somewhat um, – of a case of um, post-traumatic stress disorder. It's like that, that happening kind of broke this um, maybe illusion of security and safety that we had in, 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 at least in the United States. And so I think that added to that, that fear and anxiety that was already there. It increased it. That's just a sense yeah. that a lot of things changed after that. Oh yes, and we've we've gone to we've done two or three wars, you know, because of that that event. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean it's. Uh, but the but the interesting part about it though is is that um, you can when when you want to go to war or when you want to justify fear, uh, 
or fear of fear itself. I mean, uh, it's very easy to evoke that because of the natural state of the ego is anxious. So it's very mm-hmm. easy. To, it's very easy to then turn around and make the culture anxious. It's very easy to do that because yeah. you don't know what to believe in, and, and you have no way to do reality tests. You know, it's almost no. like it's, I mean, it's not almost like it's exactly like the election. I mean, you know, they they say when you vote that you know be sure that you are informed on who you're voting for, right? Well, now. Yeah, the capacity to be informed really isn't informing anymore. So, in other words, mm-hmm. you don't really know who who you're voting into office. Really, I mean, you have no concept because it's all mm-hmm. kind of a an act, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, um, really. I mean, yeah. So, so, and and so from a from a spiritual standpoint, fear of fear itself is um, is a natural state of the human ego, and so the the adapting and the coping of all of that is really how we incorporate defenses and and personality dynamics to protect us and secure us. And so we would all prefer to have a predictable and stable environment. And the only way we can do that is to narrow our universe as small as we can in an attempt to know where the boundaries are and uh, and live inside that, that proverbial box, whatever that box may be. And so ego's natural state being anxiety, then that would mean if we aren't finding a way to align ourselves kind of spiritually, that we really never have a sense of peace. Yeah, because when we think about spiritual uh, spirituality, at least in the context of intentional guided evolution, the the human spirit, and, and I just wrote this to you this week, but the the human spirit is our natural self-correcting uh, kind of organ, if you will, or mm-hmm, function. Mm-hmm. Uh, the human spirit is uh, creates the angst that it has uh, because of a natural state of of anxiousness, and because of being cut away from from the authentic self and being cut away from the higher self, so to speak. And as a result of that faded break, uh, the human spirit is anxious to get back to the original beginning, to get back to the way it was before all that adaptation. And so, so it's, uh, uh, it's a different kind of spirituality that you and I are talking about when we talk about mm-hmm. the human because we're talking about that this is built in, that we have to suffer through the communications and the dialogue and the opposition that is taking place inside of us. Uh, so it, it's almost like we're warring against ourselves mm-hmm. until, we, until, we, until we make some kind of a peace treaty. Well, who are we, who we making the peace treaty with? Well, when the ego becomes uh, so afraid of being afraid, it's not going to let go of its idea of security. And so – the negotiation that's taking place internally is trying to let this inner child uh, that is the ego realize that it doesn't have to be afraid mm. uh, and, and that it can trust uh, and that it can, uh, it can trust um, the, the adult, which is you, is mm-hmm. going to protect it and take care of it and love it and accept it rather than reject it, you see. So, so it isn't a coincidence that we war in the outside world because a lot of the warring that we do is really just a reflection of the division that we feel internally as people and as human beings. But then, you, then yeah. you, when you put politics and religion and cultures there, then you just have extra, more external justification for the division. Right, right. So one of the spiritual resources, um, which I, I was hoping that we'll we'll get around to pointing out some of those spiritual resources, and we did um, a YouTube video on this, um, would be parenting the ego, kind of comforting, because yeah. the ego is, um, it's afraid, it's anxious, and it will remain that way until we can parent it into um, kind of relaxing and feeling safe. Yeah. I don't know if that's the way you yeah. would put it. But 
Well, well, pairing, pairing it into be, into being present because the the defense present, mechanisms yeah. that the ego yeah that the, that the ego puts up and puts in place were put there justifiably to protect itself. But mm-hmm. now, as we as we are adults, those defense mechanisms are dated. You see, um, and the difference between the inside universe and the inside world and the outside external world is we can't trick the ego. In other words, you know, I, I, this kind of dates you and I, but when you and I were in, 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 in I think, elementary school, uh, we used to have a, um, not, not a fire drill, but a drill in case of a nuclear explosion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we would, all go in, we would all go into the gymnasium, and we would put, uh, you know, duct tape around the, the doors, and we would all, you know, st- stay into the gymnasium until we got, you know, got permission to go back to the classroom, and or and or we'd get under our desk. I mean, we first started mm-hmm. getting under our desk. I think <laughs> initially it was hunkered down, get under our desk, and then we graduated from that into going going into the gymnasium and putting duct tape around the doors. And if you've ever seen a, a, a nuclear explosion, if you're anywhere close to that. Uh, you're going to be incinerated, and so too is the building that you're in. So, so in other words, it was an illusion of security. Mm-hmm. So having mm-hmm. having people go go through those gyrations, just like now at the airports, these are all just illusions of security. Mm-hmm. Well, you can yeah. do that on the you can do that on the you can do that on the external, and you can fool the external. Uh, you can you can fool the ego on the outside world, but you can't put tape over the doors and get under the desk. Internally, in other words, mm-hmm. that's not that's not that's other words. You, if you actually see the truth for what it really is, then you re, you realize that these are just kind of just activities that give us the illusion of safety and security, and of the illusion of not having to be afraid. When in the internal world, you can't get by with that. And mm-hmm. so that that's a powerful thing to understand that uh, that the that the um, getting getting the ego to recognize that its defense mechanisms are, are are unwarranted or they're exaggerated or they're false or they don't fit the present is a big deal because what you're really talking mm-hmm. about is is really is really kind of doing reality testing. Like it's kind of like the boogeyman in the closet uh, example. Mm-hmm. That if you if you walk if you walk the child over to the closet and 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 turn on the light and say there's nobody in there. And the child accepts that, then the child goes to bed. You can turn off the light, and everything is fine. If the child doesn't accept what they just saw, they don't trust their own reality testing. Then they'll say, "Okay, but could you leave the light on anyway?" So, so you can see how the ego is, dependent upon how mature you are, how evolved you are as a human being, that, that you're not going to trust your own reality testing. You see? Well, well, yeah, uh, and that is. That is where um, practicing, having some spiritual resources, is helpful. Things like meditation, things like yoga, um, your own version of, of church, connecting to nature. These, To me, these are all things that I practice that um, kind of ground me in the present day. And so a lot of that anxiety of the ego um, eases because I am in in the present moment. And in that present moment, there really isn't something right in front of me to fear. And so that awareness just um, eases the well, and, and anxiety. What, yeah. And what, an, and what an adult would say, what an adult ego would say is that uh, if the bomb hits you know, down the road from my house, I'm, I'm going to pour a glass of wine and, and have a sandwich, or I'm going to go make love to my girlfriend for one last time. In other words, it, mm-hmm. they, they're, they're, so an adult ego would recognize that that all of the gyrations that we do to to give us the illusion of protection uh, is not valid, but it also isn't of a concern. It's out of my control anyway. So th- there are certain mm-hmm. things you can be afraid of that you can control, and then there's certain things you have no control over at all. But it, so, mm-hmm. so you have to look at what you, – you've got to look at what in your universe can you control. And the only thing you can control really is your own inner fear in relationship to some of these things. And 
uh, if some of these horrific things are going to happen, there's nothing that, that a single individual can do about it anyway, other than just mm-hmm. grab grab their ankles and kiss themselves goodbye. Because that's mm-hmm. you know. But 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 I think I think what I want people to hear in that though is is that that. If you get to a place internally where you're not afraid of being afraid, then the outside fears, even the real big ones, uh, a lot easier to deal with and a lot easier to handle. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it, 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 doesn't, um, it doesn't solve the larger problem. And, of course, the, the solving of the larger problem, Irma, would be that we stop being divided as individuals and we'll stop being divided as a planet. I mean, that's truth of the matter. I mean, if we, mm-hmm. you know, the spirituality that I am teaching is to how to not be divided against yourself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and that division exists in you, and it's being mirrored in the world. You can see what it's doing to the world. So, mm-hmm. so you, can't control the, you can't control the world, but you can certainly control your own inner division. You can yeah. control your own, inner, your own inner warring against the self. You can control that. And so there is yeah. peace and comfort in recognizing that that, that, is, that that at least is possible. Right, right. And, yeah, that can um, happen under any circumstances. We have that choice well, under any circumstances. Well, yeah, look at, look at people that have um, – is it Gandhi? Uh, he was one of the folks, but there's some other people like, like Gandhi that have been prisoners of war or have been – in isolation camps like 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 the Jews during during the German War, there's yeah, Victor, Victor Frankel, Victor um, Frankel, yeah, man, search they, for me, yeah, yeah. yeah they mm-hmm. they came out of that experience just fine, and the reason they yeah. came out of that experience uh-huh. fine is because they they were internally controlled. They were not right. external, and that's and that's the key here is is that we already know that you're going to live a healthier and happier life if you have valid internal controls if you if you are left to the mercy of the outside world then you're going to be in trouble and then mm-hmm. so we know this people who are externally controlled are the most frightened and the most insecure yeah 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 and and if you don't have that that internal understanding of control it's kind of like um you you feel like you're in a prison even though you're not if you don't have it, oh yes, well yeah, yeah, because yeah. you feel like you're at the mercy. Yeah, you feel like you're at the mercy of uh, of the world around you at a at a very right. high level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's, yeah. Um, and and again, that's that's an that's an adult view versus a child view. I mean, the the adult view of of reality as it is has enough things for us to worry about, uh, and we have to look at. What of those things can we control, and what of those things can we have an impact on or influence? And the, of course, the implication spiritually is is that if we, as a populace, if if a mass, and this is the whole concept behind raising consciousness, that if we, if we raise consciousness, which means just raise the importance of an internal life, and and being present with that life, if we rose that in the human condition, then wars would probably stop. You see, mm-hmm. the vision would mm-hmm. probably, yeah. And this is the this is the implication of the greater, larger picture that the less divided we are inside ourselves, the less divided we'll be against each other. And that's the, that's mm-hmm. the global implication. Of that. And there's some validity to that. Some very some very mm-hmm. strong validity. But in order for that to happen, one of the the main things is for each individual to understand that they are responsible for <laughs> completely for their, their lives, their, their thoughts, feelings, and actions. We each are responsible yeah. for that, but we do live in a world where even the adults aren't really adults because <laughs> there is a dependency on something or someone coming to save them from themselves. And if yeah. we live with, with that illusion, we aren't taking full responsibility for ourselves. We're thinking thinking and waiting for someone to come and help us or save us, whether it be the government or or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and this is really how the this is really how the government gains so much control. I mean if you mm-hmm. if you remain passive in your life 
uh, that passivity uh, ends up making you a prisoner. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, and it's in the same way that we all are debt slaves. You know, we talked about this on the air the other day on YouTube. That the, yeah, at some level we we all become debt slaves. I remember when I first got married. Uh, I had I started out in this profession working with hardcore juveniles and street kids, and I was making probably about eight thousand dollars a year, <laughs> and I thought I was rich. This was, this was mm-hmm. in the nineteen sixties and seventies. I had money in the bank. I had a savings account, and I and I was only making eight thousand dollars a year. Uh, and then when I got married, I plummeted into debt because I bought a house, and my wife wanted a car, and. So we had to have two cars instead of one, and she wanted this curtains and this this bed and this bedroom set. And before I knew it, before I blinked, I was in an enormous amount of debt. And all of a sudden, my eight thousand dollars a year didn't seem like very much. And so, and so we 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 kind of kick into being debt slaves very quickly in life, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, and spend our whole lives working against that debt. And uh, yeah. and that's a wonderful example because because we all kind of begin there. Uh, giving our power and our control over to an outside source mm-hmm. and then get up every day and go through the motions of our lives when our lives belong to somebody else. Yep. Yeah. Until, and that is and, the American until, way. Until, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah that, unfortunately, that's part of what the democracy is about. Yeah. Well, I was thinking of the George Carlin line. Um, in oh, order yeah. To have the American dream, you have to be asleep. You have to be asleep to have it. He said the yeah, problem with yeah. the American dream is you have to be asleep to have it. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, that was that's a profound statement, and bless George yeah. Carlin for that one. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think the implication there is is that we we know this in our adult in our in our firm firmly present adult, we know we need to strike a balance between. Uh, how we live our lives and what we owe in our lives and the debt that we accumulate. And we have to strike a balance. But what we tend to do is live in extremes because that's what the ego does. The ego, you know, uh, puts us in this catch-up mode, you know, trying to stay yeah. up with the Joneses, so to speak. And as a result of that, we, we start this catch-up mode. Look at, look at all the college debt right now that is not being paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. From the last couple of yeah the last couple of generations and then look, but at the same token, look how expensive college has become. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and with the crashing of the housing market, I mean, you know, the, you know, even buying a house no longer is an investment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it yeah. Used to be an investment. I mean, it, it used to be a way to, to have an asset that would, that would grow in value. But when you look at the, do you know how what the percentage was by the time the bubble burst in the uh, what was it 2008? Do you know how much houses had risen from the time the bubble started to the time the bubble had broke? Do you know how many mm-hmm. percentage? Fifteen hundred percent. Oh my God! Fifteen hundred percent houses yeah. had appreciated. And uh, I was always amazed by that when how how fast the house did appreciate. And what an investment it was back then, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. but it isn't any. But that but that bubble now is burst. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, and those is, those yeah. bursting of those those um, systems of of security. That I think that's part of what has kind of helped people start waking up to some of the illusions that we have lived under for a long time and really starting oh, yeah. to question the the American way and and what have we really been doing and whose ideas and values have we been living by and when I was kind of just jotting down some notes for tonight's show one of the things of um, to me a, a spiritual resource is to ask yourself what you value what you truly value not what you think is valued by the world itself, but what you truly value and start building your life around those values and ask yourself, does it match up? Like what I truly value, is it matching how I'm living? And if it doesn't, something's off. (laughs) Well, and, and, and it's, and it's internal values that we're talking about here, not external values. I mean, I I can remember, I, I can remember a discussion I had with one of my high school friends 
uh, one of my reunions 10 or 15 years ago, and they were asking me how I was doing and what I was doing. And, I, and as I was explaining this, um, I said, you know, I kind of drew a line in the sand. I figured out what enough was, and I just kind of stopped there. Well, they went oh, off yeah. on the phone. So, are, what are you, crazy? You could be making oh, this much money. Oh, that sounds great. That's like and, a great and, idea. And, and, and you <laughs> – you drew a line in the sand, and I and I and I said, yeah, I figured out what enough was, and I just kind of stopped. And I, and I think that's what you're saying. When I hear the word yeah. value, I hear I also hear the word enough. What yeah. is your definition of enough? Of enough? Because if yeah. you leave it to the ego, enough is never enough. That's right. And that's uh, right. And, and 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 to the collective ego, it's even worse. You see. And so mm-hmm. and so spiritually, that's what, I'm, that's what I mean when I say that you have to be able to strike a balance between what the ego wants and desires and what you really need and, yeah, and then yeah. and, and then draw some line in the sand about with it and so and so look at what we're saying Irma. we're saying that it isn't all about personal resources in the world it's more about personal resources in your inside life because Absolutely. that's what money represents it, it represents mm-hmm. personal resources and um yeah. and so if, if you're confident that you can make it no matter what then you'll find where enough is, you see. Yeah. Find, yeah. And, and and I think that, and, and this kind of comes with age, that uh, how many of the boomers did that, and, and then as soon as they retired, cut back to nothing. Mm-hmm. You were telling me last week of a, of a friend who's getting an RV and going to travel around. I mean, we, we, we give up the, the half a million dollar, million dollar home and just hop in an RV and live in a tent. I mean, what? Mm-hmm. how come we're doing that? How come we're doing that now and we didn't do it before, you see? Yeah. And the answer was we didn't we didn't do it before, you know, and, and really that's when we would have had the most fun with it. I mean, wouldn't you have liked to oh, yeah. an RV around 35, 35 oh, years no of age kidding. and just traveled yeah. the world? Yeah. A yeah. lot, lot more well, energy at had, 35, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because we had families to raise and bills to pay yeah. and – and, and and kids to get through college and that's what happened to all of us yeah, and then we and then yeah. we wake up one day and say you know now that I'm retired you know all that stuff doesn't matter to me anymore well again we didn't strike a balance in there we didn't mm-hmm. find a balance between, you know how much was enough and how much was too much yeah and so yeah. we're all slaves to that and 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 to stay in in the context of the show tonight I mean all of that is fear driven. Mm-hmm. It's all really kind of fear-driven, um, and so you can see the stress that comes with that. It's an enormous amount of stress. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feel um, pretty comfortable with the some of the um, values that I have because <laughs> it they're not hard to um, obtain. Um, simplicity, freedom, love. Those things, I mean, they're, to me, they're just, a, they're states of being. And yeah, beingness is something I value. How about no drama? How about oh, no yes. drama? That would be a big one. <laughs> because, yeah, because the ego is all about drama. You know, like, like I yeah. said, it, it, it isn't a coincidence that the number one uh, television shows uh, that are on TV are dramas. Uh, and um, we are we love to watch drama. We love to be part of a drama of some sort. And it's just and so again the the collective ego kind of plays on that, plays on our uh, um, our need for that, our addiction to drama, which well, it tells takes us, us that away. The yeah, yeah. It takes us away. It distracts us from the anxiety of the ego. <laughs> If, yeah. if we're watching drama. Yeah, yeah, because then we can say, well, you know, my life is bad, but it isn't that bad, right? You can watch somebody <laughs> else watch somebody yeah, else's where, drama and go like, you know. Yeah, that's where yeah. Jerry Springer comes in, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So something you, you said a couple times, and I wanted to ask you kind of, um, to ask you to expand on it, and how would one go about? You've mentioned reality testing that we've kind of lost a way to reality test. How would one do that? Well, well, you first of all, and, and you've asked me that question before. You have to <laughs> accept what you, you have to accept that what you see 
in front of you is valid. In other words, you have to have uh, you have to trust your own capacity to evaluate the world around you, and 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 that means that your compass has got to be working, your radar has got to be working, your intuition would be your radar has got to be working as you do your day to day life. I mean, that's that's how you stay present with all of this. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, it, and it isn't about controlling any of these external variables as much as it is moving through them. I mean, you have a choice when you go to work every day, if you're sitting beside an angry uh, coworker, or if you've got a, a, a boss that is kind of mean spirited or kind of an angry individual, you have a choice each day, how you're going to respond to that and how you're going to deal with that. Whether or not mm-hmm. you're going to internalize it, personalize it. And, and this, and so, because the ego's impulse is to defend or to retreat or to lash out, and, and you have to kind of go, is, is your experience in these things, how is that really impacting me internally, and what does it really mean? Is it me? Is it them? Uh, what can I control? What control? Mm, and mm-hmm. so it, it, ends up being, it, it ends up kind of becoming a choice as to whether or not you want to participate in somebody else's drama or in somebody else's affect. And this is what I love about what we're proving now in science. I mean, we know now that, that the soul, which emanates or, you know, uh, kind of in terms of electromagnetic field is eight to 10 feet outside your body. And that we know now based upon the heart math research that this field of energy, if, uh, if, if operating uh, from your heart in a compassionate, forgiving, appreciative, grateful place, that that, that, that that field of energy is coherent and it is balanced with, with, the, with the whole body, so to speak. If you are in an angry place and a, uh, a depressed place or a fearful place, then you're in your head and that impacts that field of energy as well, and now it's negative. And so we know that affect is contagious. You can actually catch the, the affect of the individual that you're closest to. So you have to be able to ward that off by being hmm. centered in, uh, in, in your heart and in your body, so to speak. If you're not grounded hmm. in that, then you're going to be taken, taken away by whatever you're affected or whatever affect you're exposed to. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's having... Uh... Uh, the ability to make personal choices, even a personal choice, say, for example, of not watching the evening news, <laughs> not watching the news oh, all yeah. the time. Or not, yeah, not getting caught up in the drama of the world, it, making a choice yeah. not to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that, that uh, one of the first things that spiritual people tend to do is to not read the paper and not follow the mm-hmm. news. I I tend to watch it more as an observer rather than as a reactionary thing because I want to see what's going on in the world in terms of um, the affect and the uh, the underlying subliminal things that are happening in the world. I tend to watch watch the media and watch the news for that because it's. Uh, uh, it's very informing to be able to read between the lines and see behind the curtain, so to speak. And so I, 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 I'm constantly watching that because I know that I'm going to see that in my, in my clients. Right. Right. I know that. Yeah. 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 I I know that whatever. Yeah. I was going to say you're able to do it without getting sucked into it, pulled into it. Yeah. You're able to the most part. Yeah, yeah, for the most part. I mean, I, 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 I told you I watched the special the other day on nine eleven that kind of upset me. So, yeah, so yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, there, there, there are certain things that that I will watch. Now, I watched a, a piece the other day on uh, Janis Joplin, which was really quite mm. wonderful on PBS. Mm. And, uh, learned a lot about Janis Joplin that I didn't know, and um, but, uh, but you know, so so I tend to to look at the collective just to see what's on the collective's mind because I know that it's going to trickle down at some level to the folks that I counsel and the folks that I work with. And, but it also is a reflection of what we as human beings are battling with. I mean, it's all an outside mm-hmm. reflection of an internal struggle of some sort. And mm-hmm. uh, so, so this, this is the human condition, Irma. You see that, that we, if the human spirit's function is to, is to self-correct, 
which means if it remembers the source, which in this case would be the soul, um, then what it wants to do is to is to get the ego to participate and communicate with the soul that is us. And mm-hmm. uh, and if it's an opposition to the soul, then then the the more powerful the angst is going to be from the human spirit. So so it's an interesting thing. It's almost like that the human spirit's a piece of Velcro that attaches all emotional material to, and it just grows in weight and size. And so you can see how the human ego becomes denser and denser with this, all this emotional material and with no way to dissipate it, no way to let it go, no way to context for it. And so we just kind of carry it around with us. And, uh, and it's, and so the more powerful the angst, the more powerful the, uh, the outside stuff is, you know? So then it, how would one begin if they, if they wanted to, if they sense that what you were just saying is, is true for them, what are some steps that they could take to kind of get out of that, that weight and that density and that anxiety of the ego? Well, the, the number one way that, we all can live happier and healthier lives is to give station to what is happening inside of us in relationship to the soul, spirit, ego, and heart. In other words, these, these four organs of perception, which is what I call them, uh, are communicating with one another. Uh, if, you, if you want to be in a happier and healthier place and a much more spiritual place, then you use all of these organs of perception to discern and to evaluate and to move through your life. If you don't, then you're only operating from one organ of perception, which is the ego itself. And so you're letting the other Mm -hmm. three kind of go. And the other three are actually more astute, more intelligent, and more connected to the truth than the ego will ever be, you see. And so this is the, this is the key that you, that um, what, what I call your, your internal GPS, it, it really is the, the most spiritual life you could live to have all of those organs of perception functioning and have station in your life and allow them to symbiotically communicate and interact and react to one another and understand what those reactions are, uh, then the whole thing changes. The outside world mm-hmm. becomes the outside world kind of becomes a curiosity and, and 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 I think another thing it becomes is it becomes a kind of an irony. <laughs> and I've told mm-hmm. you before one of my favorite favorite words in this work. And the definition of irony, at least Ernie's definition, is that if that wasn't sad, that would be funny. That is the mm-hmm. definition of irony. Uh that that when you get connected uh, with yourself at this level, you begin to see a lot of irony in the world uh-huh. and you can't, and you, and you really can't get caught up in the irony of it all. Uh, but you can certainly choose not to participate in that irony. <laughs> uh-huh. You don't uh-huh. want, you don't want somebody to, you don't want somebody to look at your life and say, you know, if that wasn't sad, that'd be funny. You don't, you wouldn't want uh-huh. somebody to do that. To you. So, so if you're looking at the world and you see, a lot of ironic things. You can be angry about that. You can spend, if you're a victim or if you like the drama uh, stuff, you can point a finger at that and say, these, these are all the reasons why I can't be happy. Why should I bother? It, I mean, it's no mm-hmm. different than looking at, uh, if you gave a young person a checkbook and a debit card and say, okay, honey, it's time for you to go out into the world. You're 18. You know, you're getting ready to go to college. So here's your checkbook. Here's your debit card. Just don't do what the government did, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but instead, what we what we do is we 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 te- we teach them how to balance the checkbook and how to balance a budget and how not to expend this and how not to get too much credit, not to go into too much debt. But ironically, the government didn't do that. You see, mm-hmm. who was parenting mm-hmm. the government, you know, to get us where we are today? So this is what I mean by irony, that you can yeah. live. You can live an you can live a kind of an ethical contextual life, and do it in a way that you are the best version of yourself possible, and then see the irony that even the people that are in charge are not doing it that way. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I certainly, I certainly, as a juvenile delinquent, you know, a recovering juvenile delinquent, uh, <laughs> one of the things that really, really struck me as I, as I grew up and became an adult was what, what you mean, nobody's gone by the rules. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was getting into so much, I was getting into so much trouble because I wasn't going by the rules only to grow up and find that nobody's going by the rules. I mean, that could really, that could really upset me if I, if I thought about it. Say someone hasn't even begun to kind of um, um, say they're all caught up in their head and they're all caught up in um, the ego state and anxiety and they're not they're not including the heart and the soul and the spirit and the relationship between all of those. Where, where would they begin? If they started to sense, I need to do something different and I need to start today. What would be like an action step? Well, you already know what I'm going to say to that. That's uh, <laughs> because this, this, what, what do I, what do I do? What do I do? Invariably it's typically a bunch of stuff you need to stop doing. So, so yeah, when, yeah. what, all, all you have, all you have to do, is literally just kind of take a moment and realize that something is off. If you, if you have the sensation, if you could just find a quiet moment to evaluate your life, yourself, and everything around you, and if you feel that something is off, would you like to correct that? Because you already, because you have a self-correcting mechanism inside of you that will absolutely do that with you, not for you, but with you, if you give it station in your life. And so it isn't really about, I'm one of those teachers that has difficulty with, give me three steps to get there, or what are the, what are the yeah. five steps that I need to do? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's a, it's a common sense kind of answer, that if mm-hmm. you're not happy in your life, it's about a bunch of stuff that you probably need to stop doing. Mm-hmm. Once you do that, you'll know what to do next. Just simply take a moment and realize that something is off, and then ask yourself, what is that that is having that realization? Mm -hmm. What is that that knows that something is off? Something, that invisible something else that knows that something that is off, that is you. Mm -hmm. Do you want to identify? Do you want to identify with that? Or do you want to identify with that that just is off? You see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know and if that's that, a, I don't know if, if people consider that a good answer, but that's my answer. No, because what you're saying well, in that is is to just stop. To just first of all, just stop. Don't don't try and do something else. Read another book. Go go to another workshop. Go go do do do. Just stop for a minute. To stop and and find some clarity because when you stop doing things, you 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 get clarity, you get space, and in that clarity and space, to me, is how you connect to the other, to your heart, to your soul, to your spirit, and and realize that they're all working together. I think in a global sense, if feeling your way through life is a, is a reaction to the present moment and emoting your way through your life is a reenactment deja vu experience, mm-hmm. do you want to have brand new experiences? Yeah. If you do, then feel your way through your life rather than emote your way through your life. And so, so when you stop and feel when you when you find that quiet place within and you discover and have the sensation that something is off and you ask yourself the question what is that that is giving me this sensation and and do and what i prefer to identify with it once you get to that sensation you are feeling your way through your day if you if mm-hmm. you stay in your head and your ego with it then you're just going to recreate the same stuff you did the day before that's mm-hmm. the nature of the human ego, and that certainly is the nature of the, of the brain. Uh, it just reenacts and reenacts day in and day out the same stuff. Pattern of thought and pattern of, uh, of, of emotion that we are kind of trapped inside of. I certainly could give somebody, in, in, in an individual case, sit down and give somebody kind of a cookbook, 10 steps. But first, I got to know their inner world. First, I got to know mm-hmm. what they're what what's opposing them. I have to know uh, what 
what is the soul saying? What is the ego saying? What is, you know, what is the source of the angst? I mean, if I have those variables, then I can give you what to do. That's easy enough. But for me, in a global sense, to say everybody needs to do ABC, well, that is right. the truth. Everybody's different. Yeah. Everybody's different. Everybody's context of life is different. So where they are in their lives really dictates the to-do list, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. so, so the general, so the general and honest answer would be, just stop doing whatever it is that's making you unhappy. That would be a great place to begin, yeah. and see what else comes through because something else will come through. Right. And I was thinking, you know, as you're you're saying, feel your way through life. When you were saying that, I was thinking, if somebody is in a place of of fear and anxiety, to get to a place of feeling um it it might take some some kind of of focus because to get into a place of feeling to me with feeling my way through life comes vulnerability and in order mm-hmm. to allow myself to become vulnerable i have to let go of something some illusion of fear that i'm i'm carrying within myself which would be caught in the the thinking and the the ego state of anxiety i have i would say take a breath take a breath your yeah. breath kind of is what connects you to to this this moment that's that's the present and to me i mean well, you know, spirit has to be connected to the breath <laughs> Example that I, that I love to give, and of course, me working with disability like I have, uh, if you've ever known a blind person, uh, if you've ever been to their house, if you've ever been to their place of employment, they, they don't use a cane in their home and they don't use a cane in their place of employment because they know where everything is. Mm-hmm. They don't bump into anything. They'll knock anything over because they have – memorized the entire environment the ego is blind because it is blind it needs for you to see for it mm-hmm. for it to know where everything is and so if you want to know if you want to know where you are in your life then you have to get above it and see the whole of it mm-hmm. so you'll stop bumping into things and you'll stop and you'll stop um tripping over things and, and going through your life in kind of a blind way. And that's what we're talking about, that this internal yeah. uh, guidance, this internal guidance that you, that you have has the capacity to do that. It has the capacity mm-hmm. to take an otherwise dark place and make it visible so that you no longer bump into all the things that you would be in the dark. And that's yeah. a huge thing. That's a huge thing to get a huge thing to understand. Thank you for being a part of The Soul's Intent with author, psychologist, and spiritual teacher, Ernie Vecchio. This is the show that can open your mind to things you never thought possible. While problems manifest psycho-spiritually, on a most essential level, there exists an energy component that provides the instructions for these fields to enter awareness. And The Soul's Intent is here to help you learn what these instructions are. Join us each week to learn how there is a physical place of love, truth, and freedom, and how in an instant, learn that moving to such a place is actually a choice.